0: What's up, then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host, as usual, Midge, alongside with me my co-host, the Keg.
1: Hi, oh,
0: And joining us today for our Chicago Bears off-season talk episode, we have Dave and Stephen join us today. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing great. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah.
2: Doing absolutely awesome.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Just before we start, um, uh, you two can decide which one goes first, but we always allow our guests to have the floor and explain their pages and stuff that they cover and they do so i'll let you guys have the floor and uh, let the listeners know what you're all about
2: Dave. Right. Uh, oh <laughs> me oh you want me to start? okay i'll start it off
0: uh yeah uh my name is Stephen johnson i uh
2: cover the chicago bears and chicago sports with shycitysports.com you can find me on twitter at steven underscore roto
3: and i am dave kalugi i'm a a uh, writer and video podcaster for football guys and fantasy pros. I've also got a show that I do uh Friday afternoons with Stuffy Smalls. And then uh Steven, you didn't even plug the, the, the best thing that I think you bring to this community, which is your <laughs> beef jerky that I'm sitting here just like snacking <laughs> on 24-7. <laughs> yeah,
2: that that is true. We also have
0: the beef jerky, yeah. the, the 36 flavors. <laughs> all good for promotion guys you should have said i would have happily done that as a sponsor for the episode you should have said <laughs> if you're sitting on that right there <laughs> the show is brought
3: to you by steve's beats
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome stuff awesome stuff guys on that note um i say guys you're you're obviously massive avid uh obviously with chicago so Obviously, we'll get right to it with our episode with that. But I'll make sure to be taking both of you guys for our episode for the listeners to listen to. So we'll get right to it. Now, Now, Chicago, um, bit of a—I mean, a bit of a funny one. You know, I ended up watching Chicago a bit more than I thought I would last year, just out of just the way sort of schedule worked out. And obviously watching over here in the UK, there were some games on, and they were on to be on a bit later and uh, sort of cut into it. An 8-8 eight eight season, which was a really good start. Then a bad sort of middle area, and then you sort of somehow, sort of re- regrassed it at the end and finished eight and eight, and somehow snuck into the playoffs with the uh, the last extra playoff spot, which obviously seemed to deemed a bit like great. We got the last extra playoff spot, all good. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, as as a bit, I'm sure that the whole of the city and the Bears fans in general weren't really expecting a result out in New Orleans. I mean, obviously, it's always a tough place to go. Um, And, you know, the the Saints were deemed at the time one of the favourites to get to the Super Bowl anyway. It was always going to be a hard run. And in the end, there was missed chances, but it it just sort of seems it sort of slipped away a little bit. and, And now you're sitting with the 20th overall pick with, I mean, obviously, you've had a few cuts, which we'll get to in just a second, but sort of just capping off the season I mean how was it for you guys in just terms of covering the Bears I mean how how was it it was a bit like a roller coaster it seemed like
2: I I mean it it was pain Uh, (laughs) I I think that's the best way to put it is you get this false sense of hope and thinking okay things are actually looking pretty well and then it it got to this gauntlet point in the season and, and things felt like they were falling apart and all of a sudden Nick Foles isn't the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. And you just find yourself looking for all these answers and really nothing being given to you as a fan. And you're more or less gifted this completely soft, fluffy end of the schedule that allows them to, to get into the, the playoffs and honestly probably save the entire coaching staff's jobs at that point. And so really it's, it's the worst like cons with the smallest pro you could possibly imagine. That, that's honestly how it feels.
3: Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it is midway through the season. Every Bears fan I knew was calling for the heads of Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy just saying, you know, this coaching staff, this front office, they don't know what they're doing. And then the season comes to an end and they're gifted with Detroit Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, as you know, the, the four <laughs> games before week 17 in green Bay. And then all of a sudden you kind of get lulled into this sense of like, Hey, maybe they did figure it out. You know, bill lasers now call McCall's and uh, you know, David Montgomery is suddenly looking like a formidable running back. And you start thinking that maybe this team kind of, kind of figured it out. And then they head into that wild card round and just get absolutely embarrassed by the saints in the postseason. But at that point, I feel like they had done enough to keep their job I wouldn't have even been surprised if they came back with Mitch Trubisky because of the little bit of success that they tasted last year. I thought that that was going to be enough for them to say, hey, let's just run it back and hope for better results. You know, we've done this four times and it hasn't worked. Maybe fifth time is a charm. <laughs>
0: it's the Bears' way. It's the
2: Bears' way.
1: I mean, he seems he seemed so committed to Mitch Trubisky the whole time that it sort of looked like he was going to do that to me. like, I mean, you've ended up with sort of, by the looks of it, Andy Dalton now. Yeah. I mean – is that a much Red improvement ball.
2: for you? I, I, I mean, this <laughs> this feels like the best quarterback the Bears have had since Jake Cutler. And that's a <laughs> god-awful <laughs> thing to say. Like, it just hurts. It hurts. And that's, it's not saying much.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I heard somebody say, they said, um, after Andy Dalton takes his first passing attempt as a Chicago Bears quarterback, he's already the third best quarterback in Chicago Bears history. Like, he has to complete one pass, and it's, you know, Jake Cutler, Sid Luckman, and then, Andy Dalton. Um, But I will say, you know, I I do like Andy Dalton. Um, he, He was somebody I was really calling for his name heading into the 2020 season when we inevitably ended up with Nick Foles. I really wanted the Bears to make a push for Andy Dalton. After seeing the season that he had in Dallas, it kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. I was a bit less excited about Dalton. But this team is very similar to the team that he had in the Bengals. You know, you can really make a a, a lot of connections between, you know, Allen Robinson and A.J. Green being that same type of alpha receiver, Um, you know, even down to the porous offensive line that both teams had. And Andy Dalton consistently made the playoffs with that Bengals roster. Uh, the, the, the thing that makes me nervous is his postseason record of Owen 4. you know, this is a guy who was, has been in the league for, what is it? 11 years now, and he's never won a single playoff game. So that's the one thing that kind of puts a sour taste in mind and probably a lot of fans mouths, but you know, it's a, it's the best option that we had. So you just got to hope for the best at this point. Holding
2: number 55, 10 yard penalty.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said about the offense wasn't exactly great last year, but I mean, Montgomery did sort of start to pick up towards the end. Do you think it was just the falseness of that easy schedule towards the end or do you think he is going to, you know, going forward, be a solid option for you?
2: I mean, I think that also lies into a lot of Matt Nagy's trust in David Montgomery, because, I mean, this is going back two years that the hot hand would not be ridden Even if, you know, he strung off, say, five carries for 50 yards to start a game, all of a sudden you'd see him on the bench and you're like, where did he go? And it's it's something that he's always struggled with in the running game in general is Matt Nagy's always had this mentality of got to pass the ball, got to pass the ball, got to pass the ball. And it got to a point where Mitch Trubisky's throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game at certain points. It's like that's not the kind of guy he is. You need to rely on him. And so really, I think the question now with Matt Nagy back yet again and Montgomery back again is has Montgomery – you know allowed him to kind of gain that trust with with Matt Nagy and, and realizing like hey you can lean on me I'll pick up the the heavy yards because I mean I think it's pretty apparent to just about everybody is the the the, the breaking of the tackles and just the way he's been able to turn to that downhill runner not necessarily you know fast out of the blocks but it's something you can rely on in terms of what your offensive identity is and I think it's just a fingers crossed type mentality that a lot of bears fans are taking heading into 2021.
3: And I I feel like I might've been, you know, a little bit irrationally hard on uh, David Montgomery throughout his career. I've never been a huge fan of him, but after last year, he did put together a pretty formidable campaign. And I think what I realized with David Montgomery is he's not the elite player that we wanted him to be, but he's good at doing everything. You know, he's not great at one specific thing, but he's a decent blocker. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can evade tackles, but he doesn't have that top end speed. He doesn't have that top end strength, size, anything like that. Um, you know, I, I hate even making this comparison because he was the fourth overall pick in an absolute stud in college. But kind of reminds me of Leonard Fournette, where it's like he can do it all well, but he's not really great at one specific thing. Uh, I feel like as far as fantasy goes, you know, we saw his peak last year well, what we saw down the stretch uh first of all there was no real backup besides Cordero Patterson who isn't somebody that can handle a heavy workload so for for as you know David Montgomery in fantasy it was just the perfect storm of an easy schedule Bill Lazor yeah. calling the plays and wanting to get him the ball and then having just zero competition whatsoever so he had three straight games where he was going against bottom three run defenses without anybody else to take a touch away from him so you Mm -hmm. know anybody that had david montgomery congratulations (laughs) on your fantasy championship but i'd try to sell him now because i don't think it's ever going to happen again yeah it's probably i'd I'd say
2: what lower end rb two is what you're probably looking at in a guy like montgomery heading into next year
3: yeah because because the biggest thing a lot of his points came from touchdowns and uh, uh catching passes Tariq Cohen's back, he's going to take that passing down work. And then we'll see how they use Damian uh, – or, sorry, Damian Williams. I think he's going to be more of just a change of pace. But if Montgomery ends up losing those valuable goal line touches, you know, it, it, it's a wrap for him in
1: fantasy. Yeah. I know you had a you had a stat about him, building, uh major use of
0: – Yeah, it's it was just the of
1: Derek good. Henry and –
0: yeah, so basically, um, like, like you just pointed out, on like, he he proved it in obviously in that sort of cupcake sort of end to the to the uh, to this uh, sorry their regular season schedule that he had basically I think it was a four he for most broken tackles he was ranked fourth, which was behind like just behind Derek Henry, uh, Jonathan Taylor, who obviously was having a good rookie year. You know, like he picked up towards the end, but like you've you've just sort of called it out. It was like that, like yes, it's good. Like, and obviously, if you're a fantasy owner, great, but obviously, it was just a case of where you know it wasn't like the best schedule, like in terms of just you know, against run defense. So, but I mean, the stats are good, but like you said, it was more more to do, I think, with the defense being bad than maybe pushing. Don't get too excited, I think. Like, I think you've just put it on the nail on the head there, really.
3: And like I said, you know, he's not great at anything, but if there was a strength to his game, it's slipping out of tackles. He's got just – he's, he's sort of mastered that. He is. He's, he's tough to take down, whether it's, you know, evading them with a sidestep or a juke or just put, dropping a shoulder. You know, hes he's got a pretty, pretty good bag of tricks when it comes to getting through defenders.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we move on to your cap situation for next year then, I mean, you've released a lot of players this year. I mean – uh, you're not sort of sitting great on the cap. I mean, I don't think it's updated yet. I think you believe you released Akeem Hicks today, saving another 10.5 mil. I didn't even right? see
2: that. News. Uh, if that, if that's that, that might no. be news to us. Uh, you know,
0: what? Yeah. Jimbo, you've been, Jimbo, you've been done by April Fool. Someone's posted. Oh. That. Was that you? Uh, Surely. Uh... <laughs> no, it weren't me. <laughs> I
1: am well, I, you I, told I, me. I-
0: well, I probably fell for it then. Oh, maybe not. Oh, I don't know. Jesus Literally, Christ, we're
1: doing man. we're doing the prep before the show, and he, he tells me, "Um, this hasn't updated yet. Akeem Hicks has been released." That's what he told me just before. This.
3: So here, here's what I'm, I'm seeing. The last uh, the last news on Akeem Hicks was two weeks ago when uh, he was asking the team to look for a trade. So, right. that, so, that, so that's so unfortunate. Uh, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it, it does seem like he might get moved this offseason. But um, yeah, yeah that, that would have been something breaking that news on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, in the headlights there for a second, yeah. just trying to wrap my mind around that. Like they actually did this. Uh, <laughs> they also traded for Russell Wilson, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quarterback. Yeah, I already, I
2: already saw that twice today. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, the the cap situation is just horrendous. Um, I, and Yeah, you can argue that there's other teams out there who have it a lot worse, but just the fact like the, the cap situation, you can you know say, oh, well, they didn't know the cap was going to go down. This whole pandemic really messed things up. You, you still have to play into that. And you look at some of the top names on this list, specifically Robert Quinn. What did he do for you last year? He's sitting there with uh, a cap number of 14.7 million. Charles Leno Jr., Obviously a guy that you can definitely upgrade at left tackle, Jimmy Graham, why you're dealing with a $10 million cap hit for old as dirt, Jimmy (laughs) Graham, and you get rid of Kyle Fuller. And like, I'm, I'm still bitter about it. It's been two, three weeks now. I'm still bitter about it. It's, it's an ugly situation. I have no idea what they're going to do the rest of the way. I I wish I did, but
3: it's, 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 it's rough. Yeah, you you called up the biggest thing for me, and that's looking at Robert Quinn as the second highest paid guy on the roster. It's just sickening, absolutely <laughs> sickening, especially considering that we let uh, Leonard Ford or no, I'm sorry, not Leonard Fort, Leonard Floyd walk as a free agent, who then went to the Rams and just had a career year. What did he have? Eight and a half sacks or something like that. Ends up getting yeah. a contract that was big by his standards, but he's still getting paid less than robert quinn so he's arguably a better player he's younger and he's getting paid less money um when that robert quinn signing happened last off season, i was thrilled i was so excited at the thought mm. of having that off or that that defensive rush but after one year oh man that that one soured quickly so <laughs> it's, it's a really bad hangover it's a very bad
1: hangover
2: <laughs> Fun enough we
1: we're actually looking at a um a team earlier of like the one it the players sort of thing for the last 15 years and he was on it so <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: What, what did he have Four, 14 sacks in 2019 yeah Something unbelievable but then like
2: yeah. the five years before that he did nothing like absolutely yeah. nothing it. and it's like uh, uh, he's one of those yeah. players yeah. where you're like oh i'm just gonna get hot at the right time to cash in and then yeah. just mail it in like that's just how it feels yeah. we've, we've effectively... expressed
0: this. we've expressed this so much like when players come into like a career year like a contract year they'll have this somehow out the stars blue of like, oh yeah. And then they'll, they'll go off, get paid, get paid a ton of money. And then like majority of the time next year, they'll, they'll become the player they were before the contract signing. So you'll find like some players, they'll, they'll, they'll literally have that year and then they'll get paid and then it sort of drops off again. So it's like, right, right, yeah. Yeah. it's Ryan actually quite common. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Ryan Pace uh, signing Robert Quinn to this deal is the equivalent of somebody buying GameStop at $500. Like, I don't (laughs) want to miss out on it. I'm going
1: to buy and then just (laughs) drop something. Yeah, and I mean, the other one you brought up, Jimmy Graham. I mean, we said, we looked at this over the captures before we come on here, and I was like, is he not retired yet? I mean, (laughs) I thought that catch you made at the end of last season was sort of like the, you know, he ran down a tunnel, see you later, done sort of thing.
0: Yeah, retirement, I mean, do you think, which he should do you think he's gonna be yeah, moving on I, or
1: not i mean it's seven million saving if you can
3: uh i mean I, the fact that he has the fact that he hasn't been cut already is mind-blowing to me like i yeah. thought that there was a 100 percent chance that jimmy graham was gonna get yeah. cut before the season ended that's when i kind of started my Comet hype train and i was saying you know the bears they're gonna let Allen robinson leave in free agency they're gonna cut jimmy graham and now how here we are you know four months later and Jimmy Graham is still sitting on there for $10 million. Allen <laughs> Robinson's coming back for another year, $18 million. So I, I don't understand why they would go out and pay Jimmy Graham this money and then use a second round draft pick on a young tight end. It just, it, it's just, it's, you know, just, just bears doing bears things. It's kind of tough to keep up (laughs) sometimes.
2: Yeah, Bears being bears is is probably as good of a way as you can put it. Yeah. It's uh, like, like, like I said earlier, you know, just the fact that they chose to hold on to these aging veterans instead of a pro bowl corner in a room that is now very, very weak and Jalen Johnson and Desmond Trufant aren't going to scare anybody. At secondary, at corner, it's just not going to happen. Um It just, it blows my mind because that more than would have made up for the difference in what, uh you know, cutting guys like Jimmy Graham or even Akeem Hicks, who's 32 years old. Like, that's not getting any younger. He's had his fair share of injuries. Um, or even signing Allen Robinson to a contract, which apparently the Bears are the only team in the NFL that are like, just anti giving any wide receiver a decent amount of money, despite the fact he's putting up thousand yard season after thousand
3: yard season in your uniform. And what, what makes it even worse is they tell Allen Robinson, you know, we can't give you that long-term deal, sign the franchise tag. As soon as he signs the franchise tag, then they start calling up Kenny Galladay. Hey, you want to come here? We're going to offer you four years, 80 million and Allen Robinson is be sitting there like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Why didn't I get that offer? <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm just sort of touching upon that. So, uh, as much as we're, you know, joking about it, and obviously, I think from a, obviously a neutral perspective, obviously that's been not being Bears fans. Obviously, you see a lot of the these memes, everything coming out more of like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the whole thing with the Russell Wilson trade, which they apparently legitimately tried to do, you know, and obviously with the details that got leaked on that. But do you think like with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? I mean. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you, it sounds like as a Bears fan, you have literally no trust in them whatsoever. I mean, what what is the situation there in just terms of your your perspective? I feel like it's quite a hard thing to to get behind with all with everything. Like you say, you've just pointed out all this this crazy stuff that they've done. I mean, how do you see it?
3: You, you can take this one, Stephen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you Rare know.
2: <laughs> I I I it blows my mind when I come across people still willing to defend either Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace at this point in time. If I hear the word collaboration out of either of their mouths one more <laughs> time, I'm going to go through a roof. That that's like their word of the day, their word of the the, the decade at this point. It feels like they try and say it every other word that comes out of their mouths. And I think they're actually talking to the media tomorrow. So it's going to be fun to see how many times that counter starts. It's a really fun drinking game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just don't get how you can back these guys up and feel like this is the, the, the front office. This is the coaching staff that is going to get the job done. I mean, yes, they have some very good, uh, assistance and they've had some very good coordinators along the way. Uh, obviously Vic Fangio not having him around after he left to go to Denver, obviously hurt. Uh, and I'm hoping that the the defense can get back into, you know, some type of formidable, you know, formation than, uh, than what we saw when he was there. But it's, it's so hard to like think of any positive or any silver lining to saying, Hey, we're going to run this back after another mediocre season. It's like, what, is, what are you accomplishing with a window that is closing so fast in having any type of, of, of potential competition in, in making a playoff run? It just it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind that, they, that they're comfortable with this.
3: Yeah, if, if there's one thing that I think you can give Ryan Pace a little bit of credit for, and, and here I am because I feel like this is just the most depressing podcast that I've ever recorded so far. You know, we're <laughs> we're twenty minutes in and like I I'm, sorry, already, almost, I'm already sorry almost done with my first drink. <laughs> so so let's, let's try to find a little bit of silver lining in this uh in this front office here. And if there's one thing that Ryan Pace has done well, it's draft in the later rounds. So I feel like that's the one thing that he's consistently done that's helped him save. His job a little bit, so you can go back to his first year where he got Jeremy Langford, who you know didn't have a long career, but he did well. Uh, then he went out and got jo- Jordan Howard, another decent running back, Eddie Goldman, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, Cody Whitehair, David Montgomery. He's found these guys late in the draft that have ended up being pretty solid picks. But when you juxtapose that to the first round picks that he's made, Kevin White, Mitch Trubisky, Leonard Floyd, who we talked about is doing decent right now, but man, like I don't know if there's a worse track record for first round picks in all of the NFL than than Ryan Pace in in Chicago. And that's just that's brutal when you see these where we've had multiple top 10 picks. It seems like outside of Roquan Smith, we have blown every single first round Mm. pick so far since Pace has been here.
1: And that's the point as well. You've been drafting high as well. You've been drafting top 10 most of the time as well. So that makes it even worse sort of thing. I mean, the thing that really got me this off with him was, was the Carl Fuller release. And then he got signed up in half an hour. So, I mean, surely there was a trade option there. I mean,
2: well, and, and, and that was the thing too, is because the news came out that they were going to release him. And then the following day came and he wasn't on the transaction wire as being released. And so everybody's like, okay, is a trade actually happening? But then obviously every team realized, well, the bears just played their hand and showed it to everybody. and, and Literally a day later, he's cut, and like you said, Denver snaps him up like that, and it, it's like nothing happened.
3: Which I, I there was no chance that he wasn't going to go to Denver. You know, Kyle Fuller—that right. was Vic Fangio's favorite player when he when he was uh, the defensive coordinator here. Vic Fangio fell in love with Kyle Fuller as soon as I saw that transaction that he was getting cut. I I knew he was going to Denver, and I'm happy that he's going to go somewhere where he is appreciated because Kyle Fuller is just a consummate professional, just so much fun to watch. It's 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 sad to see him go but you know I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll you know maintain a good and fruitful career with the Broncos and Vic Fangio.
0: Go on, so before Bill. we move on I, do, I apologize in advance Dave because Dave if, if this has been listening <laughs> you've got to check out all of Dave's lineups of all these all these amazing people he's having interviewed and he obviously comes on our shows oh we'll talk about the Bears and now he's like I wish you never did this now like I'm just basically <laughs> oh drinking my myself no, no. Into, into a
3: mist. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I love talking bears. It's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to be optimistic when talking about the bears. Uh, It's there's not a lot to get excited about right now. I mean, how excited can you get about a team that's rallying around an aging defense, a coach that hasn't done anything in the playoffs, and a 32 year old quarterback who has never won a single playoff game? There really just isn't much to get excited about. It's not your fault. Though. I mean, it's my fault for being a Bears fan. <laughs> we do this to ourselves every year. I wonder why <laughs> do we come back. But here we are. I feel like every two or three off seasons, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to turn a Bears fan card. And I'm going to be, I'm going to fight a new team. I'm going to start rooting for the Saints. I'm going to start rooting for the Broncos. No, don't um, do the Saints. No, Anyone sorry, but No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, Anyone but but. I, still, still riding the Bears my jay no cutler helmet signed right. right over my shoulder
0: yeah still yeah. got him the, the the good times
3: i did
1: like jay cutler <laughs> to be fair Holding <laughs>
3: number ten-yard penalty.
1: Um, i mean if we if we look at the jay draft then so let's let's look some promising for the future i mean you're picking 20th overall um you got a lot of sort of quite a few needs to pick i mean quarterback quarterback defensive guard maybe i mean Probably one of these big five quarterbacks, probably not going to be there at 20. I mean, how do you want to go in the first round?
2: Uh, I I mean, that's the thing I think I'm most scared about with the Bears is they're going to mortgage the future to trade up again. Uh, (laughs) And I say again because, I mean, they did it with Trubisky.
0: They
2: they, they traded up to get Kevin White. They traded up to get uh, Leonard Floyd. And so they've, they've had this history uh, of doing this at like the most inopportune times. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, And, and especially now that we, we see the, uh, the, the trade that the the Niners made to, to move up into the top three and you think, okay, well, there's three, probably quarterbacks off the board, one, two, three, and bears probably have to jump into the top seven, maybe to, to draft one of these quarterbacks at the rate things are going I mean, at this point, I just want him to stand pat and don't touch a thing, because if every Bears fan gets their wish and Ryan Pace finally gets fired after another mediocre season, I would like them to have a first round pick next year, which is probably yeah. going to be top 10 where it belongs. Uh, I mean, offensive tackle seems like it needs to be the way to go in the first round. I mean, they, they got to do something about Charles Leno Jr., who has haunted the left side of that line for way too many years. I like Tevin Jenkins. I think he is a solid option a at 20. Um, is he going to be there? Eh, Christian Derisaw, There, there's another one there that I, I, I wouldn't mind either. So I'd, I'd say those are my two favorites, really. And I know offensive line isn't a, a sexy pick, but you, you got to do what you got to do.
3: Yeah, I I agree that offensive line is what they need to go with, and it's something that is going to upset fans because, um, you know, wide receiver is also a huge need for them right now. They've got Allen Robinson on this one-year deal, but even if they offer him, you know, just a blank check contract, I don't know if Allen Robinson wants to be in Chicago at all. Like, even during this year where they could say, hey, you know, fine, we'll give you that four million or four-year, $80 million contract you want he still might leave after this season. So I feel like that's another glaring weakness right now. No disrespect to Darnell Mooney. I love him, but he is not the type of guy that can be a game changer as a wide receiver one. So I think what a lot of fans are going to want is to pick one of those sexy wide receivers that's going to be available at 20. You know, if Rondell Moore is still there, um, you know, if uh, Bateman is still there, something like that. And, and I worry that they will because their history with drafting wide receivers has not been good. Whoever is in charge of scouting wide receivers hasn't done the best job so far. So I, I'm going to agree with Stephen fully here. Offensive tackle is the main need that we have right now. I don't even care who it is. You know, I'll, I'll trust their judgment and, and hope that they can go out and just get one of the best guys that they can get to protect Andy Dalton because he's never had an offensive line in his career. And I'd love to see what he can do behind a offensive line that can keep him upright and safe.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a very deep offensive line class. I mean, I've got like six going in my mock in the first round. So, you know, I think there is a lot of guys here that could do a job for you at 20. I mean, personally, I want you to trade up and take our number four pick, to be honest. I don't want a quarterback this year. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you and, see any... I know you said you don't want to, but, I mean, do you see the likelihood, obviously, with his history of trading up? I mean, is it something that's been talked about? Yeah, and if,
3: if they do, that's what worries me. Like you said, you'd have to trade up to seven to get a quarterback, and you're yeah. trading up... You know, it's going to be Justin Fields at seven. And Justin Fields is somebody who is going to take some time to develop. And, I mean, is Andy Dalton the mentor? Like, is he the guy that's going to help Justin Fields get to that level? So, I mean, that, that would – or I'm sorry, not Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I. I Trey Lance is probably going to be the guy that we're going to take at seven. And I don't know if that's the guy that's going to solve the bears problems. That's mortgaging the future for somebody who really might not pan out. I and mean, if there was an opportunity to move up and you're guaranteed to get Justin Fields or Mac Jones, then I'd like it, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. And if we trade up for Trey Lance, that, that's not something that I'm really going to be too supportive of. Yeah. It, and I mean,
2: what, what are the Niners giving up three first round picks? Yeah. and, and a plus thing. yeah i mean at seven um even if you want to say sixth uh if you know the dolphins continue wheeling and dealing which i'm sure at this point i mean hell they they've turned a They're left tackle into yeah they, they've <laughs> turned a left tackle into four first rounders at this point yeah. in time uh i i it just it would worry me that the package would obviously have to include next year's first rounder uh yeah. and, and probably what the third rounder this year that that'd be my guess is is what that package would have to be yeah and the 20th um and i mean if not only that but like looking at what the bears schedule is for 2021 like even as the opponents got settled after the end of the regular season you look at it and you go that's four and 12 like that is not something that the bears are going to be able to withstand Uh, barring some giant meltdowns yeah. Oh, sorry. Four and thirteen now. Yeah, they'll probably lose to the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> let's just add one on for good measure. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think you know I, I get that you know their jobs, at least from our vantage point, are on the line in terms of putting out a good season. But on the flip side of that, they also need to realize like this probably doesn't benefit in the long run if you expect to be here in the long run so you need to do what's best with what you have instead of shortening up on picks which ryan pace treats like fun coupons year after year
3: and and the thing you know it's i just don't like the idea of trading up for whoever's there you know I, i disagreed with drafting Mitch Trubisky trading up to make that pick, but at least they knew who their guy was. And they said, we're trading up for the number two yeah. pick. If you're trading up and trying to get, you know, the, the number six pick, number seven pick or something like that, it's not like you're saying, hey, we believe that this guy can be a difference maker. You're giving up a bunch of draft capital for the scraps that are left over at the table. And, and I just, I, I can't get behind making a huge move for eh, what nobody else wants. Yeah, you know whether yeah. it's Mac Jones, Trey Lent, just whoever's left over. Yeah, we're, we're going to mortgage our future to take that guy. That's not something I can get behind. You know, if it's saying, "Hey, we're going to trade up for number two and we're going to take Zach Wilson," awesome. But that's not the conversation that's being had. It's 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 just. Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of giving up that much for such an uncertainty.
0: And, yeah, it, and like it's you such say you end up incredible. with the
1: fourth best quarterback in this in this yeah. class. You know, so
0: right. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Like, unless it's your guy, like you know, the, like you said, all right. Yes, Trubisky didn't work. Guess what? Some picks don't work, obviously, just because Ryan Pace is just another blemish to add to his, <laughs> to his resume. But obviously, it's just a case of where, yeah, like you say, he he went out, right, we're going at number two, we know who we want. Like you say, if you trade, I mean, not not being funny, even if you trade with someone like a ladder of four or someone like, I don't know, Detroit of seven, it's a case of where you're sort of gambling on who's going to be there because let's be honest, it's probably most likely going to be three quarterbacks, but you don't know, apart from pretty much Wilson and Lawrence, who have probably gone to the Jags and the Jets, respectively, it's a case of where, well, who's going to be left? And unless it's someone they're so highly sold on, like... I'm not saying that they weren't making trade moves, but the Niners were obviously like, right. If we get number three, they know that at least one of their guys that they want is going to be there. Because I think it, they, I think they know who they're going to pick, really. But it's just a case of where they went and got up and wanted to get their guy. So I think, I think it's, it's different very with the Niners as well. Try. Like
1: you know, they didn't have an awful lot of needs this year. I mean, we, when we covered them, literally, you're looking at the need, the needs, and it was pretty much quarterback. You know, Garoppolo can't really stay healthy, and that's probably why it was. A good trade at that point but I mean on this team you've still got quite a lot of holes to fill probably not a ready team that a quarterback's just going to go and lift you into a playoff team anyway is it I suppose and yeah and
3: bringing up the Niners is also a great point too because I trust their scouting you know they're going to pick yeah. the best quarterback available so for the Bears to say we'll take whoever the 49ers don't want I don't oh, yes. like that whatsoever because they're going to take the right guy and the Bears are going to get shafted with whoever's left over. <laughs> we were here in 2017 <laughs> with that trade. <laughs> yeah. Touchdown. Oh, don't even get me started, um, man. I mean, <laughs> both sort
1: of set on offensive tackle first round. I mean, is there any guys you've sort of seen in the later rounds or you're not really dived in that deep? Uh, Elijah Moore.
3: I mean, not super late round, but I would love Elijah Moore in the second. Like I said, you know, I feel like a lot of people want that sexy first round wide receiver pick, but if Elijah Moore is still sitting there in round two, that would be incredible. I mean, that's exactly what this offense needs.
2: Yeah. I, 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 along the same lines with the position um, I'm about Dwayne Eskridge. There's something about him that just feels right to me Mm -hmm. as a guy, that's going to be able to turn it on at the next level um, outside of that. Asante Samuel Jr., I would love that as well, obviously, because the corner is a need all of a sudden. I mean, you're creating more holes than you're filling them. It's just just bad. (laughs) So I'd say those are my two guys I'm looking at least in in the second round there. Yeah, if
3: only we can go out and get a guy like Kyle Fuller or something. Really
2: tie (laughs) these two things together.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, crazy stuff going on. I, I mean, it, it's just been... Yeah, I mean, obviously, but just sort of like okay, covering through. And um, yeah, like I say, it seems like it's just becoming like one step forward, two steps back type thing. And, and it's it eventually will catch up with them. And like you say, I mean, if we sort of move on to like a way way to early prediction, obviously, you know, everything's happening in the draft. I mean, we sort of seeing out what's happened to free agency. But I mean, if you could give a realistic ex- expectation of maybe... The highest they could win, and then the lowest. I mean, obviously, from what we've just heard, uh, gathered from this episode, it's not going to be very high. I mean, but I mean, what what would you have? What would you have your Bears at for next year?
3: Um, I mean, I mean, defenses have a way of churning out wins, and we saw it last year when the Bears got off to that yep. five and one start. They weren't a good team, but when you've got an elite defense, you don't need to have a good offense. You know, you kind of luck into some games, and that's kind of been the Bears' story my entire lifetime, like they fell ass backwards into a Super Bowl in 2008. I mean, like, it's just, when you have a defense like that, you're never really out of the game. So you never see the bears getting blown out. So that's what makes it so tough to project their seasons because like Steven said, you know, they can be four and 13, but this is also a squad that, you know, could have a couple balls bounce their way and be 12 and five. So it's really, really so tough to determine. Um, I, I feel like this is the last year that the defense is really going to, have it as you know a a difference making defense Akeem Hicks is 30 or I'm sorry Akeem Hicks is turning 32 Khalil Max 30 years old Robert Quinn I don't know how old he is but he's you know reaching the end of his career as well so I, I feel like they've still got enough left in the tank for one real push but um you know this this the, the future of this is really going to come down to what the, what this season entails because if they end up with a winning record then you know they're going to shuffle a few things around but I think if this team does end up finishing four and thirteen you know five and twelve something like that I think Pace is gone Nagy's gone Dalton's gone we're going to trade Akeem Hicks for whatever we can trade uh, Khalil Mack for whatever we can so it's it's tough to project but I I think this team is if I if I had to put a number on it I'd say seven and ten which I'm still getting used to these. 17 games <laughs> it feels very strange <laughs> seven and
2: ten but. <laughs> yeah uh I, I know I called out just the uh, the four wins there. Um it's it's just hard to look at this, it really is. Um just counting them up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, like eight and nine. I think might be the best that they actually have a shot at winning, but I I'm on that lower end. I'm in, I'm in that probably if I, if I had to put money on it, I would say six and 11 is, is the the record there.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at your division. I mean, you should beat the lions twice. I think, mean, you know, they've gone mass, massively backward in my opinion, obviously quarterback wise Um, is always, always solid. And then the Vikings look quite good as well. So, I mean, it's a, Fairly tough division. But, I mean, I don't know how your schedule sort of – what sort of divisions are you playing next year? Do you know? Uh, so it's the uh, AFC A- North. AFC
3: West. Oh, yeah, AFC North. Um, the NFC West. And then
2: there's crossover games with the Raiders, the Buccaneers, and the Giants.
0: I, believe. Yeah, I mean Bye. I mean just alone on the AFC North, they had three playoff teams off the bat, you know, like that's hard in itself and then NFC West is arguably one of the tougher divisions. So yeah, that's it's gonna be a, it could be a long ride, like in, in respect to that. I mean, I think I'm believe it or not, I know we've just sort of dissected the Bears massively here and what, what they can and can't achieve, but I'm I'm very sold on the basis of I think that although Detroit are in the rebuild, I really think they're gonna struggle this year. So I won't, I can't see you being last in the division, but I can, it's very hard to obviously Green Bay are the crop of that division right now. Um, they're obviously in the Super Bowl window. Um, and if the Vikings don't get the injury bug that they did last year, they're going to cause some problems in terms of just some games that you're going to have to play out. Um, so I can see it being further in the division, what that entails. I mean, I mean, like Stephen, like you said, it could be, it could be like top 10 pick type Type territory for next year, and then that, and then. But in that respect, that means Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are most likely not going to be there come next off season. But I mean,
3: please the, the, God, the, the, <laughs> you guys keep act, you guys keep acting like uh you know it's it's just guaranteed that the Bears are going to get two easy wins with the Lions. But man, the Lions have had the Bears number for a long time. Right. Living in Chicago for a while, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not in Chicago anymore. But when I was in Chicago, I worked with a lot of people from Detroit, and they would just you know, rub it in my face anytime that you had how long it was? There was uh, over a ten game stretch. The Bears only had one win between 2013 oh, wow. and 2017, <laughs> and that was when the Lions were at that worst. And somehow the Bears only took one win over that entire stretch. So the Lions, no matter how bad they are, they always step up when yeah. it comes to playing Chicago. Fair
1: so you were their wins, basically, because they had it, it games. Now we just gotta
3: protect those
2: kneecaps, and we'll be fine. Hopefully,
0: yeah. <laughs> Oh dear guys, well, on that note I think we'll uh, we'll cap it off in terms of trying to uh, dissect the bears even more of what's going to happen next year. Knock on wood something comes out of the blue and magic dust happens. Maybe it happens in the draft, he might trade up again and to all the guys to we discuss we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, on that note guys, Dave, Steve, it's been really great having a chat with you guys today. This is our final episode of Off-Season Talks so and we've covered every team now before the draft so we're super, super stoked for that and really appreciate you coming on for our last episode been really good to chat with you fellas. Yeah, oh, well thank you having for us. having us on. Awesome stuff, guys. On that note, listeners, so that's off-season talk now covered. Now, obviously, keep an eye on our socials and everything else. We've got a lot of up-and-coming plans for the NFL draft. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Well, thank you very much again for listening. Take care, stay safe, and catch you next.